This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. How many of you are blamers? How many of you, when something goes wrong, the first thing you want to know is whose fault it is? Hi, my name is Brene. I'm a blamer. <laughs> Let me just tell you this quick story. So this is a couple years ago when I first realized the magnitude to which I blame. I'm in my house. I have on white slacks and a pink sweater set, and I'm drinking a cup of coffee in my kitchen. It's a full cup of coffee. I drop it on the tile floor. It goes into a million pieces, splashes up all over me. And the first, I mean, a millisecond after it hit the floor, right out of my mouth is this, damn you, Steve. <laughs> Who's my husband? Because let me tell you how fast this works for me. So Steve plays water polo with a group of friends. And the night before, he went to go play water polo. And I said, hey, make sure you come back at 10, because you know, I can never fall asleep into your home. And he got back like at 10.30. And so I went to bed a little bit later than I thought. Ergo, my second cup of coffee that I probably would not be having had he come home when we discussed. Therefore, and so the rest of that story is I'm cleaning up um, the kitchen. Steve calls caller ID. I'm like, hey. He's like, hey, what's going on, babe? <laughs> what's going on? Um, so I'll tell you exactly what's going on. I'm cleaning up the coffee that spilled all, like dial tone. Because he knows. How many of you go to that place when something bad happens, the first thing you want to know is whose fault is it? I'd rather it be my fault than no one's fault. Because why? Why? Because it gives us some semblance of control. But here, if you enjoy blaming, this is where you should stick your fingers in your ear and do the na-na-na-na thing because I'm getting ready to ruin it for you. Because here's what we know from the research. Blame is simply the discharging of discomfort and pain. It has an inverse relationship with accountability. Accountability, by definition, is a vulnerable process. It means me calling you and saying, hey, my feelings were really hurt about this and talking. It's not blaming. Blaming is simply a way that we discharge anger. People who blame a lot seldom have the tenacity and grit to actually hold people accountable because we expend all of our energy raging for 15 seconds and figuring out whose fault something is. And blaming is very corrosive in relationships. And it's one of the reasons we miss our opportunities for empathy. Because when something happens and we're hearing a story, we're not really listening. We're in the place where I was, making the connections as quickly as we can about whose fault something was. Hey, good morning to you, wherever you are, wherever you're watching. And if you're new to New Life, hey, welcome to the gang. It's going to be a great time of, of learning uh, every service at New Life is a learning experience. And even if you're not a Jesus follower yet, doesn't really make any difference. You're going to learn today. So who doesn't like Brene Brown? I mean, you talk about raw honesty, maybe a little rough around the edges, but so good and so insightful in helping us look at life as it actually is. 
And as she was talking about blaming others, it's just one of the coping mechanisms that you and I use to try to get some measure of peace in our lives, to relieve our conscience. So we blame others so temporarily we feel better about ourselves. But the thing about coping mechanisms is they never actually solve the problem. And as Brene noted, oftentimes coping mechanisms actually create relational tension with those that we love the most. So that brings us to a really interesting point. What if we didn't have to cope? What if there was something better than a coping mechanism? What if there was an actual solution that, that instead of relieving the pressure a little, would actually deal with the pressure? Well, I have good news. There is. And one of Jesus' closest followers and friends, a guy by the name of Paul, writes about it. And here's what he says. And you can find this in the portion of your Bible labeled Galatians. He says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And he says, when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce in us this kind of fruit. So the important thing is that this is fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's not the fruit of our hard work. These things are not what we're supposed to be, so God will be happy with us. Paul said, when we open our lives to the Holy Spirit, this is the kind of fruit that he brings into our lives, and he's the one who actually creates it. And so we have said that the life hack of this teaching series, even the COVID life hack of this teaching series, is this. When I'm short on fruit, I go to the root. The root being the Holy Spirit. When I'm short on fruit, I don't ratchet up what I'm doing and try to make more of something that I can't actually make. When I'm short on fruit, I go sit with the Holy Spirit. And I process it with Him. And I ask Him to build this fruit in my life. And so... Jesus wants us to know that anything that the Holy Spirit brings into our lives, and this is the most important part of what I'm going to teach this morning, that anything that Jesus gives us has this unshakable quality about it. Jesus one time told a story about a house that was built on the sand and, and next to it a house that was built on the rock and the house that was built on the sand crumbled and crashed and became destroyed when the winds and, and the storms came against it. But the house stood firm because it was built on the rock. And Jesus said, if you hear my teachings and, and you follow them, your life will be like a house that's actually built on the rock. It will have this unshakable quality about it. The writer of the book of Hebrews talks about the unshakable kingdom that the people who follow Jesus receive. It's this unshakable quality that we want to focus on this morning because more than anything else, when it comes to the topic of peace, which is what we're talking about today, Jesus wants you and me to have unshakable peace. 
And, and Jesus wrote about it in John chapter 14, verse 27. He said, listen, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, and it's not like the world gives. Now, there, there's some really important words in there. Jesus didn't just say, I leave you peace. He said, my peace. That's that unshakable peace that Jesus gives. It's his peace. And you know, the, the men that he made that promise to and the people he made that promise to got to see that peace on display because within a few hours of Jesus saying that, he was arrested. He was put on trial. He was tortured. And he was eventually executed. And throughout the whole thing, Jesus had peace. So much peace that as he was being executed, he could pray with all sincerity, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Nothing could shake his peace. You see, the peace that Jesus gives is superhuman. It's unshakable. The peace that we get from coping mechanisms is very shakable. And it's very temporary. It's what Jesus called the world's peace. So what does that look like down here in human flesh? I want to I want to tell you the story of a guy who's a hero of mine. His name is Horatio Spafford. He lived uh, in the late 1800s in the city of Chicago. He was a real estate investor there and he had made a fortune. But you know, no matter how much money you make when you lose a child, it shakes you to your knees. And he and his wife lost their four-year-old son to scarlet fever. And the next, very next year was the year of the Chicago fire of 1871. And he lost his vast wealth along, along the shore of Lake Michigan. And so he sent his wife and his daughters on a trip to Europe to get them away from the pressure. And it just so happened that that ship had a wreck in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and it went down and his wife was able to make it to shore, but they lost all of their daughters. So having lost all their daughters, their son and their fortune, Horatio took pen in hand and he began to write the lyrics of this song that means so much to many people that, that Sarah is going to sing right now in the midst of all of it. It is well with my soul.
So
Thank you so much, Sarah. What a powerful song. How anybody could write those lyrics in the midst of that kind of pain? Well, I can tell you that's superhuman. That's that unshakable peace. So I have really good news for us who are sheltered in place and we're living in the midst of chaos and tension. Did you know these are peace growing times? That's the great thing about the time in which we live because peace only grows in the midst of chaos. It reminds me of a story out of the life of Jesus. It was a long day in ministry and teaching and healing and and Jesus got into a boat with his 12 closest friends and they headed off across the Sea of Galilee and exhausted as he was, Jesus lay down um, in the boat and fell fast asleep almost immediately. A storm came up and waves began to swamp the boat and the, the disciples were bailing as fast as they could and they were doing everything they could to keep the boat from sinking and one of them looked over at Jesus and shook him and said, Master, Don't you care that we are perishing? Have you ever felt like that in life? Where your whole life's going to hell in the handbasket? And it's like Jesus is sitting there doing nothing. And and we want to cry out to him, Don't you care that we're perishing? Well, little did they know how much Jesus cared. He got up and it says that he spoke to the storm and he said, Peace, be still. Wow. And immediately it was calm. And you think, oh my goodness, I just wish Jesus would do that for me. Did you know that the same Jesus who stilled that storm will actually calm the storm in your life? And you think, well, maybe for a pastor. Well, here's a story from one of the people in our church who took Jesus up on that deal And I want you to listen as Heather tells her story. Hello, New Life. Full disclosure, I am hiding in my bathroom because, boys, not too many quiet spaces around here. I have to uh, take it when I can get it. So I have locked myself in the bathroom. Wait, did I lock it? Okay, we're good. (laughs) Anyway, just um, thinking this week as we are sitting in this space of uncertainty where there's more questions than answers what are some what some are going to look like um, what it's going to what is it going to look like when we get back together as a church body what is school going to look like next fall um, and if you know anything about me I'm just like I want to know how I get from here to there and tell me the exact six steps that we're going to take to get there and I was feeling overwhelmed the other morning And God was just reminding me that that's not my job. That's not my job to constantly be scanning the horizon and finding all the answers um, to things that I don't have to carry this burden alone. Um, And he just kind of reminded me to not focus, instead of focusing all my attention on the unknowns, this pile of unknowns over here, I could focus on his face or his presence. And um, I will confess that my first reaction was like, nope, (laughs) nope, I got this under control over here. Um, but then my next thought was like, well, why not? Cause it is getting kind of heavy. Um, and if I can't give the whole pile, what if I just give the pile just for the day, baby steps, just today, let me give everything to God, let him worry over, um, our current situation and let the experiment begin. And guys, 
legit in the next few moments, um, overwhelming peace came over me. And it was the kind of peace that like, you can't explain that makes no sense, especially given like what is happening right now in our world, in my house, in my bathroom. Um, but it was nothing short of a miracle. And it was something that I needed in that moment. Um, and it was a very tangible reminder that I have access to that kind of power and that kind of peace um, all the time. Um, we have access to God's overwhelming love and affection for us if we can just focus our eyes in the right direction. So why not? Thank you, Heather. What a great story. Thank you for sharing it with us and encouraging us to when we're short on fruit, to go to the root and sit with Jesus, sit with the Holy Spirit and let him give us this fruit. Now, as we bring this teaching to a close, you know, these are tough times in which we live. We live in the middle of a polarized society in almost every way. And in the last few weeks, riots have torn up our country and there's racial tension and there's all sorts of of polarization going on in our world. But I have a message of hope. Did you know that there's one organization that has historically demonstrated the power to bring together people from all ethnicities, from all genders, from all generations, and bring them together in peace, love, harmony, and togetherness? And you know what? We need that right now. And that organization is actually the church, the kingdom of Jesus. And we're going to close this time with a gift. It's a blessing. It's a prayer. And I want to invite us, much like if we're sitting out in the sun, letting the warmth of the sunshine just wash over us. Or maybe sitting next to the ocean where we know the waves are going to come and letting a wave wash right over us. I want to encourage us to sit and let the beauty and the wonder of this message wash over us because it is sung, it's going to be sung over us by an amazing group of people who are multi-generational, they're multi-ethnic, they're multi-racial, they're multi-genders, and, and I want this message to just wash over us. And if there's a storm in your soul, would you let the Holy Spirit just speak peace into your life and calm that storm? As the, some of the pastors from the Bay Area sing this blessing over us, let's open our hearts and our spirits to the Holy Spirit and let Him give us peace.
Let us not be the ones to miss you, for your spirit and your word reign supreme to every issue. For there's nothing new under the sun that your son hasn't overcome. And when we begin to make room, there's no capacity that your presence can't exceed. For you're a God that not only knows, but meets every need. There's no depth that you won't go and no distance that you can't cross. No mess that you can't clean and no dark place that your light cannot gleam. May they know that the Father's heart plays no small part from start to finish. They know that you're a God with no limits. From nation to nation, from this generation to the next, let your will be done, even after the record reflects. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. Children and their children, may His favor be upon you in a thousand generations, and your family and your children, and their children, may His favor be upon you in a thousand generations, and your family and your children, and your children, may His favor be upon you in a thousand generations, and your family and your children, and your children, may His favor be upon you in a thousand
We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.